Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are broadcasting from the Nebraska State Fair, which is underway through the Labor Day. And as we look at what's been happening in, in the market trade today, and really this whole past week, there's been a lot of outside influences that we have seen. And we're going to dive a little bit more into these import tariffs that are being cut in Brazil. What does that mean for our U.S. grain producers? And China continues to be a big buyer. And then the Fed policy. There's a change. We're going to find out all about that and more with Mike Zuzlo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics. And, and let's start out talking about this import tariff that's been cut in Brazil. What does that mean for us, Mike? Well, it's a confirmation to the trade, I think, at this point, Susan, that we have seen the Brazilians oversell their bushels to the Chinese primarily and to the Europeans to a lesser degree, and that their livestock industry really got shortchanged at the expense of the exports. So that, that would be my take on it based upon the sources and the people I know down there. But that confirmation, I think, that we saw this week, late in the week, was one of the biggest features to why the soybeans are continuing to rally. Why? Because if we don't have competition from our biggest competitor, it's going to take higher prices and a longer amount of time to ration demand. And I think that's where the number one feature for soybeans for me right now is not necessarily uh, the weather pattern. I'll put it to you this way. As, as important as the weather pattern is for the U.S. soybean production, right here right now just as important is the price of paranagua beans in their port of brazil in paranagua and it's running at about 414 415 dollars a ton as of this week's close Uh, that compares to our u.s golf price of about 365 dollars a ton it wasn't long ago that that gap was only about 20 or 25 dollars between the premium in Brazil versus the Gulf. So we've essentially doubled that premium with the Brazilian market going sharply higher and essentially making new uh, four- to five-year highs. And so this makes sense to the trade that we're going to have to continue to ration demand through higher prices, especially as we see almost daily purchases from China. And so that's really good news and takes the pressure off the weather side. It's really a demand feature that we really welcome at this point. Well, and I was reading earlier today that the real continues to really kind of have that lower feel to it. How is that going to affect what you're seeing? This will also help us from a standpoint of their 2021 crop. And, and my sources in, in Brazil right now are saying they're about 45, maybe 50% sold already in 2021 soybeans. I'm not sure the number in corn yet, but if you have a weakening dollar against a strengthening Brazilian real. That's the opposite of what we've had this past 18 to 24 months. And so it would really slow down or should slow down the Brazilian farmer from wanting to sell too much more. Here again, hoarding his bushels or holding back his bushels like the Argentine farmer's been doing only adds to the the importers out there and the major buyers out there having fewer sources to get beans or if they want to get beans out of the hands of the Brazilian farmer, they're going to have to pay that much more to motivate him or her. So it's a really interesting dynamic right now with the currencies, and that kind of goes and flows into the Fed policy as well. Let's talk about that Fed policy. Uh, What changes are you seeing, and is that going to be good for the commodities? I don't want to underplay it or overplay it, Susan, but at this point, because we don't know a lot yet, it just came out on Thursday afternoon, but 
at this point, I think that this is one of the biggest policy changes that I've seen in my career by the Federal Reserve. They essentially are going to become more tolerant of higher inflation, and they've designed a framework, and that's their term, framework, to get a higher inflation number in place so that they can create more jobs. And the Fed specifically talked about uh, maybe giving up price stability, uh, meaning low commodity prices, uh, giving up price stability because that has cost low and middle income jobs and wage growth at the low and middle income jobs levels. So I agree with this policy wholeheartedly, and I think one of the reasons why we've had such a strong surge and record move in the stock market has been because the Federal Reserve looked at price stability and low interest rates more importantly than they did the inflationary bias, or I should say maybe they wanted to make sure inflation didn't get above 2%, and they were willing to do practically anything to make that happen. That helped the stock market and hurt the commodity market. So I'm going to continue to do more research on this throughout the next 30 days, but if I had to guess right now, what I know is that there may be a lot of asset moving and investors may be shifting assets around quite a bit with this policy change, and it could be a, a additional fuel in the market to keeping the dollar weaker and therefore the commodities also well supported. So I, I really liked this policy shift because we've been fighting this battle of very low interest rates and, and continuing to give the punch bowl to the stock market while taking it away from the commodity market for the most part. Are we going to continue to see the appetite, though, for China at these price levels? You know, I think we will because of the fact of their floods, especially if they come up with the vaccine and we come up with the vaccine for COVID, and they also have a successful vaccine with African swine fever. Right now, I believe the demand is outstripping the, the, the loss of demand uh, from African swine fever, that the floods in the central and southern parts of China the drought in the northwestern part of China, along with the army worms, all these things add up to greater demand. But I am still hedging soybeans at these price targets. You and I talked about this probably three weeks ago. We've hit those price targets, and I'm hedging these beans partially because of what's happening uh, with China and the United States and heading into the U.S. election. So if we want to talk more about that in the second part, we sure can. Are you bet, and I do. We do have a uh question i can't even talk this afternoon we had a question that came in from a listener wondering about basis with the weather so we'll talk about that as well in part two is taking a look at the livestock side of the trade lots to look at as we wrap up a full trading week you're listening to the now final bell on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue that conversation with Mike Zuzel of Global Commodity Analytics. And we left off talking about China and, and the appetite that they have had and probably will continue to have on the near term as they do a lot of rebuilding. And we know they're rebuilding their hog herds. A lot of factors that will be influencing them in the coming months. Yes, and I think one of the things that I am working on and, and I'm going to actually be putting this out on my weekly copy this weekend, Susan, is I'm going to build into this risk management plan that I'm using for clients and subscribers the concept and the idea that because of the U.S. election and my belief both politically and strategically and financially, the Chinese would probably rather have Vice President Biden win this election versus President Trump. What would or could they do in case President Trump's poll ratings start to come up since the uh, end of the Republican National Convention. 
And what I'm thinking is, is that it would not be surprising to me if they really did want to do some damage to him, that they would hit him in the trade sector because a military play would be too much right now. I don't think they'd want to take that chance. So in the trade sector, I think it would make a logical uh, make logical sense that they may want to do that if I'm indeed right about them wanting uh, him out and Biden in. So I really do think that as we head into the election, uh, especially given this rally and the fact we are heading towards uh, profitable levels again in soybeans, that getting floors underneath you is a good idea. And if I'm, quote, wrong by that, then my cash price should even be better, especially given what has been happening in the basis and what's happening in certain key areas of the country with this drought and these lower yield numbers that we're probably going to see. So we did have a received a text coming from a listener that's wondering, are we going to see a change to the basis when we look at the current weather conditions and lack of rain we've seen in so many areas of the Midwest? Yeah, I think we are. And I think this is where you're going to be in one of these regions, uh, if you have dry weather, that is going to be um, pulling corn and pulling beans out of good areas into bad areas, especially if you're near a uh, crusher or you're near an ethanol plant, looking at just an arbitrary uh, fall bid out of Grand Island, Nebraska right now. Uh, 90 cents under was very uncommon, excuse me, was very common earlier this year back until May. Uh, That 90 cent bid uh, for basis, uh, negative 90 uh, for fall delivery, uh, jumped to about negative 80 uh, in mid-May, and now at last it has been around negative 70. So we're already starting to see this play out a little bit at a time. Now, to give you an idea of this elevator that I'm looking at, back in 2013-2014, their fall bid was closer to 60 under, maybe even 50 under. So you really need to know your five-year average or the best price in the last five years uh, when it comes to your basis levels. And that's where you need to get with your marketing people at this time and start mapping out a plan. You really have to, in my opinion, and this goes for me, too, as an analyst and and risk manager, we really have to elevate our marketing at this stage of the game. I know it gets busy now because we got a lot of pre-harvest work to do to get ready for fall combining, but we really got to push harder on the marketing side of the equation while we can make hay while the sun's shining. Go over to the livestock side here, Mike. Is the cash been a disappointment this week and and not had the oomph that these futures markets were hoping? Yeah, without a doubt. And I'm not surprised by that, Susan, because of the fact that we have started to see a real pullback in these openings of major institutions like colleges and like the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to have 20,000 people at their opening game. So you're going to sell about one-fifth or one-fourth of what you would normally in terms of burgers and barbecue and and, and, uh, brats and things like that. So I think the market is very sensitive to what's been happening with the COVID. doesn't surprise me as well because we're heading out of the summer grilling season. Now, on the bright side, I think that we still have a chance with the potential um, vaccination coming down the pike by the end of the year, which the vice president and president both talked about that this week. And these therapeutics, along with the uh, new record highs in some of the stock market indexes, I still think that you have a, a, an ability to find some support here in the next few days in that cash market to find and catch a bid. But we need to do it by Wednesday of next week would be the, the day I'd put it at. If we don't see by Wednesday of next week a, re, a turn of a, like a 106, 107 trade in the cash market, 
I think the futures market and the seasonal will maybe continue to slide, especially uh, in the fat cattle. And we're past the Labor Day buying. Uh, the next focus really isn't much for a while. No, it's not. The one bright spot, though, is that we had that low cold storage number, so the supplies are down on both beef and pork. And we did see China come in and Taiwan come in and take a lot of our beef and a lot of our pork. And it's interesting, just today we found out that Taiwan is now paving the way for the United States to bring in pork and beef imports again into their country. They could be a real player here in the next uh, marketing year, next calendar year. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Mike? Best way is to go to the website, either globalcomresearch.com with two M's on the globalcom or globalanalytics.biz. Sign up for a trial, and that way you'll get all my information for a couple weeks. But thanks so much, Mike Zuzalo, joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, right here, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.